Hey, y'all. Hello. I live <laughs> middle of the yawn as soon as we started. Oh, um, that was my fault. I was taking notes while <laughs> not even paying attention. You were in mid yawn. My God. Hello, y'all. We are back. Yes. As usual, we're back. We black. That's Especially- right. Well, I'm black as hell every month, but pretty much be extra black just to make some hoes mad. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> mm. but yeah, so we are back with another episode during Black History Month. Um, yes, doing reviews of some black movies. While this, um, I wouldn't actually call this movie we're going to review a black movie. It was written and directed by a white man, but it had some black actors in it, mm-hmm. and creating a lot of buzz right now so you know we got on and let's know what we think yeah but you months so black movies all um reviewing for y'all support black archives that's right but as usual we're starting with i would you rather mm-hmm. um, i know better do better where we give little tips and tricks about the industry writing whatever the fuck we want to talk about mm-hmm. then we talk about news only black and brown folks news in the entertainment industry because white folks get enough attention as it is period the main segment where we are either going to do review interview um got some some resources knowledge what else we do or script read yep and then our last segment which our niggas you should know segment where we highlight a nigga that you should motherfucking know and that's just that that's okay period um so yeah starting with our would you rather and this is mm-hmm. thought of randomly because of the play weather right now is stupid and doing too much so would you rather always be hot as fuck or cold as fuck Ooh. both very uncomfortable yeah for me at least yes see and i ugh, i don't like the cold i am like it, it like I was so grateful when I lived in Boston for that, you know, that year semester for school that the next immediate trip was LA. <laughs> and hence I stayed because it's too goddamn cold. And I lived on the East Coast too. So it's not like I am unfamiliar with cold, but even growing up, like I would have, it'd be fall and my ass would be in a full bubble coat, like mm, get ready. And people would make fun of me, but I'm like, I don't give a fuck. It's cold. It's cold as fuck. So I would rather be, I'm used to, so, okay. I would rather be cold as fuck because I know how to like, I know how to like handle that. Um, Because if I'm just too hot all the time, I feel like that would irritate me a lot. Although I feel like if I were hot, I would have, it would be more enjoyable to cool down. You know what I mean? But if you can't get you know, it's like, if I can't get cool, it's like, ugh. So I would say I would rather always be cold AF because I'm that anyway. And I just like layer up and bundle up anyway. So yeah, <laughs> I'd rather be cold as fuck. I know how to handle that. What about you? Yeah, it's X. So yeah, <laughs> I was born and raised in Florida child and I can't do no type of cold. Fuck all that little cold shit. I cannot mm. do it. It's I the hate. worst. I hate it. It's the I- worst. I want to feel chills in my bones, bitch. Like I don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. Hot, because then I could mm-hmm. just wear less clothes. <laughs> I do not like wearing clothes, so yeah. Um, yeah, that would be that would be great. And just because yeah. I'm used to my body, I love <clears throat> and I love it on my skin, meeting. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, I definitely would rather be hot because I literally cannot, cannot do cold. Like, I can't do it whatsoever. That's why I'm like, this LA shit. Hot as fuck during the day and yeah. then just fucking drops article at night. Oh my God. I'm like, this. Mm, How are people mm. all the time? Like, Mm-mm. it's too much. It's right now, it's like windy as hell. Yeah, it's it is. Too- it's, it's too much going on outside. So it really is. So yeah, that's the would you wrap. Yeah. And shout out to all the people I know there's these winter storms. They had snow, I think, in Dallas and places. I'm like, what? How? So yeah. Y'all stay yeah. safe out there. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. So we're gonna move on to the know better, do better. And it's real simple. Um, I wish I like. I don't know. It's real simple. Um, I was reading this quote from Kenya Barris and it says, everybody, every single person has a story. Find yours and tell it in your voice. And that's it. Point blank, period. Simple. Um, Yeah. And it's just a simple reminder for us to like, particularly when we like, you know, fall into the comparison trap. A lot of times we feel like, oh, we don't have a unique voice, but each and every one of us is a unique individual. So if you're telling your story, you're telling it in your voice and particularly if you're working to hone it, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's just it's just that simple, you know? Get out there, tell your story and make sure it's in your voice and keep doing it until, you know, you are satisfied. And that's just, yeah, that's just it, point blank, period. Just encouraging us to keep doing that. Yes, mm-hmm. always. Always do that um, mm-hmm. because no one has the same perspective as you, even if like you think of an idea and you feel like it's already been done. No one has right. done it like no one is in your damn heads. Period. Um, yeah, great mm-hmm. advice. Can you bear us? Um, mm-hmm. Use that voice, guys, when you're writing mm-hmm. and you're a type of person trying to get noticed through if you're a type of person who's not going to make your own stuff and you want somebody to notice you or to like get you into the industry, they're going to be looking for your voice and your voice, your distinct, unique voice is how is what's going to get you attention. Mm-hmm. If you route of like trying to do other stuff. So yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. And rather thank you, Judith. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So going right into the news is so obviously we use shadow act we always talk about it but mm-hmm. now on their site so you click on it and they have to click this button that says read full article and sometimes full article does not pop up does that happen oh, that's strange yeah i did see that i think they changed their the way that you see it but yeah or you know what try it um that's are you in um safari I'm in Google Chrome. Oh, then I was like, see, because I'm in Safari and usually this stuff happens in Safari. That's so weird. Okay, read full article. I'm trying to read it. I'm trying to read it. Okay, mine mine worked for the uh, for the Spike Lee one. Okay, plan B. Plan B, there's always another plan. Come on. To be had. Always. Right. Okay, but we have some really cool stories once we get them together. Yeah. Come on, intranets. Don't do this to us now. For updating y'all little site, which y'all difficult for me. 
But I always love improvements. That's for sure. Yes, 100%. Okay, so pulling up the first article, trying mm-hmm. to press. What's the name? Excuse me. Read for article. Okay, so it works on my phone. Oh. Okay. So first article is Spike Lee says that he's open to directing a Marvel movie. Um, <laughs> he said to me, mm. DC Comics was always corny. And that's just dang. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's, dang. Just, that's just on that's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. Like, you know? <laughs> oh, it's one man. thing this man gonna do is say what the fuck you want to say. So. <laughs> um so okay so mm. he said this in an interview with entertainment weekly and um he'd be open to, to directing a superhero movie if the right opportunity arises um okay and he also liked the spider-man franchise that happened a few years ago mm-hmm. um that had laura harrier as the lead love interest to peter parker um, I think Zendaya was in that too. Yeah, I and think so. That is what led him to casting her as one of the leads in his movie, Black Klansman. So shout out <laughs> that. Okay. Um, I'm with you on that. I don't really like the DC comics either. I think they about lame as fuck. So um, we agree on that. No Damn. To D- I mean, that is shade to DC, but you know, can't like everything. Yeah. That's true. Okay. So next is um, Kiki Palmer. Oh my God, just doing it with this article too. Yeah, I'm trying to get the full read too. Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe we should write a letter like, hey y'all, this new update. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you can't read the full article. Yeah. Okay. Fighting with it. So the next one, Kiki Palmer will lead Jordan Peele's secret, ooh, secret upcoming film. Nice. um, That Daniel Kaluuya also is in talk to join. So she's been tapped by Jordan Peele to star in his a secretive new film that's set at Universal. Details about the film are being kept under tight wraps. And we Ooh. only know that Peel will write and direct. The pick already has a release date, which is set for July 22nd of uh, 2022, which is next year. Holy hell. Yeah, that's fast. Uh, he must have been yeah. working on this now. He kept that a real secret. Yeah, so that is coming up for y'all. Um, so Deadline highlighted when they broke the news that Peel has been spending the fall meeting with talent for the film but before coming across Palmer for the lead role. The two already had ties together going back to Peel's days on Key and Peel because she was, Kiki Palmer was on Key and Peel and some sketches. That's and um, after meeting Kiki for his latest project, he was quick to offer her the lead role of his next next project. Mm-hmm. According to Hollywood Reporter, Daniel Kaluuya is also in negotiations to re-team with Peel. And star in the film as well, mm-hmm. um, which would be his second collaboration with him. As you guys know, he was in Get Out and Kill yep. out of that. Mm-hmm. This be Breakout Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. This be Jordan Peele's third feature following Get Out and Us. And it will be mm-hmm. under the five-year deal um, that his production company, Monkey Paw Productions, has at Universal. So shout out to them. Go off, King. Getting money. And Queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, buddy, that's money. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, either way, I'm gonna watch. Probably yep. gonna be scurry. Probably gonna be some scurry shit, but it's yeah. album. Mm-hmm. So this is a really weird article. Us again, the interracial couple dances through life, and Walt Disney 
Innovation's first theatrical short in five years. So, okay, interracial couple, all right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> Walt Disney Animation is debuting its first theatrical short in five years with Us Again. The short will play before Kaya and the Last Dragon in theaters March 5th and will come to Disney Plus in June. The first look image from the short gives major singing in the rain vibes as viewers are giving a look into a couple's ability to live in the moment. Written by Big Hero 6 animation head Zach Parrish, the short features an interracial couple, a Black woman named Dot, described as a young at heart, um, and a Japanese man named Art who dance, dance their lives away, literally. Oh, no. Okay. I Does- see the picture, and the picture, he looks like a, a whole ass white man. Maybe I need to look harder. Mm. He's Japanese. Got it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, according to Entertainment Weekly, a magical night allows a couple to rediscover their joy de vivre through dance. <laughs> the short score—I <laughs> did not say that correct. The short score is described as funk and soul and fight inspired, infused, and comes from Captain Marvel composer Pinar Toprak. The couple's dance is choreographed by world famous husband and wife dance duo. Keon and Mari Madrid. Okay, real choreographer for this right. animation. <laughs> right. That's funny. Um, the short utilizes Disney's diversity, equity, and inclusion group by developing organic ways to showcase specificity in art and dots cultural outlooks on life. For instance, as reported by Entertainment Weekly, the couple's home and mannerisms are in direct relationship to their different culture and racial upbringings. I would hope that's how it would fucking be. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that an accomplishment? Uh, okay. We really tried to spread that through their apartments to feel as authentically big city as possible. The reference to New York and Chicago a lot, but also how to make it authentic to an African-American woman and a Japanese man, said Parrish. Why is this an accomplishment? Um, Parrish said the is idea- Is it the first one? I don't know, but they're acting like it's a big deal that they're Mm -hmm. making it authentic to the fact that she's a Black woman and he's Japanese. Like, that's how it should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. If you research, Uh if you do your research now. But I guess that's like a, they really want to show out and say that, hey, we made sure that we made it authentic. Mm -hmm. Um, But okay, it's 2021, friends. But Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Paris said The idea stemmed from his own coming to terms with mortality when he realized he couldn't play basketball the same way he could when he was younger. Sorry, that's <laughs> Wait a minute, what? That's wait a minute. Really, nigga? <laughs> this nigga is so that was not deep at all. That was Woo! not what? <laughs> I'm through. I'm actually not gonna read anymore. <laughs> I think okay. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they needed to put a little bit more. Maybe that was oversimplified. Maybe, but that <laughs> what the fuck? What? Goodbye. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Um, we need a bridge to. I can't play basketball the same way I used to. To I'm gonna do an animated short about an interracial couple couple dancing. You know. Literally dancing the night away. Like, how how does it relate? This man literally said that made me think about mortality. Being able, not being able to play basketball the way that I did uh, when I was a teenager. Made me think about mortality. Like, yeah. 
Couldn't you know what happened? That. He thought he was going to get out there and be a LeBron James like he was when he was little, like, ha, ha, ha. And his knees probably mm-hmm. gave out. <laughs> it was like, well, death is coming upon me soon. Look at that. Them knees said, fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> Still don't know how we get to the couple dancing in the street, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea where the fuck. But that's uh, the end of that for me. That's great. <laughs> Okay. So we're done with that. Next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Netflix announces notorious B.I.G. documentary called Biggie. I got a story to tell. So, okay. They already have a trailer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's obviously going to be about notorious B.I.G., a.k.a. Biggie Smalls, known by his family and friends as Christopher Wallace. The film recounts Wallace's career through interviews from his mother, Voletta, grandmother Gwendolyn, and Uncle Dave. Mm-hmm. Um, Sean Diddy Combs, Wallace's wife, that ain't his wife no more, and hip hop star Faith Evans, rapper Lil Cease, Wallace's manager Mark Pitts, Mr. C, childhood friend Sufi Guttle, Jackson, <laughs> Damian D Rock, Butler, Easy Moby, <laughs> and Hubert <laughs> Sam, and others from his inner circle. Valetta Wallace, um, obviously, Diddy is never gonna. Uh, take or miss an opportunity to fucking get some attention on him mm-hmm. and uh, Wallace's former manager and current estate manager Wayne Barrow act as executive producers mm-hmm. according to the official synopsis in the wake of the notorious B.I.G.'s landmark induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame I didn't know he was being inducted um, and ahead of what would have been his 50th birthday oh my god he would have been 15 wow. crazy Biggie, wow, I got a story to tell, offers a fresh look at one of the greatest, most influential rappers of all time by those who knew him best. Made in collaboration with Biggie's estate, I got a story to tell is an intimate rendering of man whose rapid ascent and tragic end has been at the center of rap lore for more than 20 years. Directed by Emmett Malloy, this intimate documentary features rare footage filmed by his best friend Damien D-Rock Butler. And new interviews with his closest friends and family, revealing a side of Christopher Wallace that the world never knew. Mm. Also serving as executive mm. producers for the documentary include Pitts, Stanley Buchal, and Emmett and Brendan Malloy. The film is directed by Emmett Malloy, which I just said, and is produced by David Cole, William Green, Aaron L. Ginsburg, Terry Lebert, and Daniel Papas. So you can see the uh, trailer on YouTube. It's called Biggie. I got a story to tell. And uh, and the article doesn't say when it's coming out, but hopefully the trailer says when it's coming out. Yeah. But y'all definitely gonna see it. All the time. Say that one more time. Netflix always makes sure that you see all the new shit all the time. Yeah, so, that's 100%. Um, so don't worry if we don't have the date for you. You'll mm-hmm. see that shit when it pop up there. Yep. Okay, so last piece of news today is uh, <laughs> some really funny, exciting little things. It's not letting me read the full article again. Okay, oh, here we go. No. Okay, good. Jesus. <laughs> so Shadow Max has learned that HBO Max has given a series order to rap shit from Issa Rae. So Rita Singleton, who used to be a writer for Insecure, I'm pretty sure she is still a writer for Insecure, yep. will be the executive producer and the showrunner. Okay, so Rita. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hip hop duo Young Miami and JT are the city girls. Period. Pool. 
mm. um, our co-executive producing. So shout out to them. Because yeah, shout out. I am from Florida and those are my little bottom bitches. And mm. uh, <laughs> pretty cool. That's dope. I'm so excited. Seriously, yeah, I'm definitely going to be checking it out. I will be getting another free job at HBO Max <laughs> through another email. My man. My man. <laughs> um, to watch it because mm-hmm. HBO and get my money. So just <laughs> <laughs> announced to be in development in 2019 i think i remember us uh talking Talk about, about it yeah segment yep and the log line is rap shit follows two estranged high school friends from miami who reunite to form a rap group so the mm-hmm. series will also be executive produced by Issa ray and montrell mckay as well as jonathan barry and dave becky for three arts entertainment along with showrunner cyria singleton rap rap ray is riding the pilot <laughs> Mm-hmm. Kevin, Coach K, Lee, and Pierre P. Thomas um, are also co-executive producing for Quality Control Films. So Pierre P. is uh, the the head nigga of Quality Control label, which oh. is uh, City Girls label, Lil Baby, thing Lil Baby's I on there. Got you. And a whole bunch of other them, them hood niggas. Okay, so it's a real collaboration. That's dope. Yeah, so shout out to them for getting their 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 credits, and shout out mm-hmm. to them for having a production company as well. I am all for getting the coins. Really? Yes, sir. We um, and uh, Sarah Rastagi is co-executive producing for Hooray, which is Issa Rae's production company. So mm, Ray's dope. Radio, which is her her record label. Will handle right. music supervision for the series. Well, go casting on. is currently underway with production, mm-hmm. um, and is scheduled to begin this summer. This is just the latest in a series of projects Ray has in development, including many series in different stages of production at HBO. So, okay, come on and get this empire <laughs> built, madam. Enter. That's all I know. Mm-hmm. I- with it yeah but yeah is the news some exciting teams yep. happen and i cannot wait for rap shit the show yeah that's gonna be good and just to follow up from what you were saying i did a quick google search and they're saying i don't know why it didn't give me the year but netflix will drop it march 1st uh the uh biggie documentary but i want to make sure i got the year right when they dropping in netflix they got the trailer come on what year is it this year or is it oh come on all right well i put it in google google said march 1st so let's hope they are correct uh march 1st of this year and uh yeah check it out I got okay to to first friends make mm-hmm. sure you Check that out if you want to see the real tea about Biggie. Mm-hmm. Should be dope. All right, with that, we'll be right back with our main segment. Hey y'all, we are back. That's right. And so we're going to go right into the main segment, just like Corey said at the top of the show. uh, Since it's Black History Month, we are doing a series of reviews of Black movies throughout the month. And this this review that we have for you today 
um, is the Netflix movie, Malcolm and Marie. It is starring John David Washington and Zendaya. Um, it is directed by Sam Levinson and also written by Sam Levinson. If you're not sure who he is, he is the, um, I guess the brain, the creative genius behind Euphoria. Um, I Okay, creative genius. Everybody liked Euphoria. So he's behind that. Um, and I, well, I guess I say just because Zendaya won her um, award for that. So I was happy for that. Um, so the log line is reads, a director and his girlfriend, friend's relationship is tested after they return home from his movie premiere and await critic responses. So um, something interesting about the film that I've seen in other films. Uh, well, yeah, a couple um, this has was shot in all in black and white. There were a couple of films, I think last year and this year that were shot in black and white that I found interesting. Um, the, oh my God, the 40 40 version. Yeah, that was um, in black and white. And there was another uh, film on Netflix that was black and white, um, but it was a whole bunch of white people. So I was just like, oh, I don't, I don't know that film. So I didn't check that out. Um, so yeah, so basically the gist of it, like said in the log line, director and his girlfriend come back home. They discuss, you know, the, they have very long conversations about what happened at the premiere, how it affected their relationship, um, the critic, what the critic said, how they felt about the critic, or at least um, the director who's played by um, John David Washington, who plays Malcolm, and of course, Marie is played by Zendaya. Zendaya. Um, one thing, this was shot during the quarantine, so this was kind of like an experimental thing that you know people were trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to film a movie during this time where we have to socially distance and be very smart about how we put a, a motion film, a motion picture, yes, a motion picture together. So that's the setup for this. So that's the story. Um, so I'm just gonna get right into it. Um, overall, just, just a taste. I personally didn't like the film. Um, I thought, one, it was exhausting because it was basically them arguing throughout the whole night. And even if you felt like there was moments where it's like, oh, it's about to be over. Boy, did they come back around and pick it back up. So if if you're, you know, for me, I was just like, whoo, okay, all right, enough. Um, and I had some qualms with some of the like, I don't know, I guess decisions of the characters that they were making. Like, I don't know if I'm coming back home for a movie review. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, and first of all, I should have said this at the top. Spoiler alert, we're just going, um, we're gonna, we're gonna say what happens in the movie. So um yeah. just so you know. So yeah. it's it it's interesting because they are staying in this beautiful, it's a beautiful, it looks like a Hollywood Hills home. It looks like this modern 60s, whatever house. It's huge. And one thing I noticed about the main character, Marie, um, while, you know, the Malcolm is celebrating, he felt like he did a great job with the movie review. She's cooking him macaroni and cheese. And I don't know why they come home real late at night and she's just like well time to bust out the craft box like time to cook you some shit and I'm just like why is she even 
why is she even doing this? Like, what is the purpose of her doing this? And then they get into a fight, a fight that's really raw. Like, I have to give credit to Zendaya and um, like John David Washington. Like, if if this film is about a fighting couple, boy, were they fighting. And they embodied that shit for real. Um, they really did. Um, and it kind of, I mean, it kind of made me sad because I kind of wanted to see their talents used differently. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of like random stuff. She makes him craft macaroni and cheese. He's arguing and shoving it in his mouth. Like he didn't eat like at this gala whatsoever that she had to make it. And then like, she does random stuff. Like, first of all, like she goes outside for a little, little bit, I guess. And like, She's smoking, but he doesn't see her. So this nigga is walking around this huge mansion. I'm like, Marie, Marie, uh, Marie, wait, Marie, wait, Marie. I'm like, nigga, what? <laughs> and then her response to him, her response to him is like, I didn't grow up with a backyard. He's like, where were you? She was like, I was peeing in the backyard. I was like, what? You were peeing in what? the backyard? what <laughs> i was like sis what she just disappeared and then reappeared talking about i just peed in the backyard because i never had one as a kid i was like nobody does that i mean Bitch, maybe I, had, I never would pee in that shit who i mean i was like maybe weird little boys like i never had a backyard i know i'm a pee in it i'm like what like that the logic just didn't even like it was just like very some of the choices were didn't feel really authentic to the characters to me mm -hmm. Um, so that, that, that was a little bit yeah, off. That. It's just, first of all, if I'm in a mansion, I'm not going to pop a squat outside. I'm just not like, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I was like, what? Anywho. So yeah. So for me, overall, I didn't really like it that much. Um, I will give credit to the cin cinematographer, um, I believe it's uh, Marcel Rev, I believe, uh, the, the director of photography. When there are shots and they know how to frame this house and them, it's beautiful. Like it really is. They had some really, really picturesque, picturesque shots that were really dope. Um, but for like story, it really kind of exhausted me because it was a whole night of arguing over really like, and it wasn't just arguing, but it was really abusive what they were both saying to each other. It was crazy. And, you know, I was just like, mm, like he was throwing things in her face, like her, you know, her drug addiction that she overcame. Like he was just like, oh, you thought this movie was about you. Let me tell you all the women, other damaged women that I was fucking with. I was like, oh, oh, I was like, oh, that's. Okay, you know, I was like, God damn, like the digs that they had on each other were very, I guess, good if, if you're into it. But I was like, God damn. But also, you just out here dating damaged women for just for fun. Like, it's just like you just that's what you just collected on your roster. Like, is that what you're proud of, my dude? Like, what? Like, it was just, yeah, I was just like, mm, okay. But yes. How did you feel overall? And then we can go into like, you know, all the other categories as well. Um, yeah, I thought it was exhausting as well. Yeah. Very triggering because I was like, I've done mm. before. Yes. <laughs> um, I mean, I want to see that shit on the screen. So 
super triggering. Um, yeah, definitely probably never going to watch it again. I'm good on that. John David <laughs> looked the fuck good. He did. He um, did look so good. I'm trying to do all the good things first. Um, I liked the directing. I liked some of the shots. Mm-hmm. I liked stylistic uh, aspects of it. So I like how he would like have different shots or just montages of them acting while he had like Zendaya doing a monologue over it. Yeah, that was, was cool. About it, that I thought were stylistically cool and different and innovative. But that's what this nigga Sam Levinson. Um, he's not a nigga, by the way. He's a white ass man. Um, but you know, I call everybody nigga. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, what he's kind of known for. I feel like, and why I think Euphoria took off so much. Yeah. Uh, was because of the way that he kind of told the story so um he definitely took that over into this so those are some things i liked i did like black and white and uh what else did i like that's it but Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um everything else there was no story it was was super exhausting that part um it was just a detail of a very toxic and abusive ass relationship and feel like uh cinema tv likes to romanticize and emphasize toxic relationships these days i mean no not these days i mean that's just kind of how it always has been Mm -hmm. look at twilight what a disgusting Abusive ass, codependent ass relationship. Yeah. The fucking main, what was her name? Bella and Edward had, but yeah, it was so romanticized. But it was a disgusting, toxic, abusive relationship. Want to throw up? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of how the entertainment industry is. They love to really like uh, emphasize that stuff. But you know, I do appreciate the, and they talked about this, the authenticity, the authenticity of it all. Yeah. Um, Kind of really showing, you know, that niggas be fighting, like, yeah, you know, relationship that is serious, <laughs> super easy, and no matter how compatible you guys are, y'all niggas gonna fight, and sometimes mm-hmm. it get like that. Yeah. So I do appreciate him kind of showing that aspect of things, but it's like, mm-hmm. damn, good shit too. <laughs> like, it can't also the yeah. whole thing, fucking fighting like that, and them niggas was fighting fighting i was mm-hmm. like ooh, ooh, ooh. like i saw definitely saw myself in uh what's the name marie i was like my ass definitely set some shit like that somebody like that before good but you know yeah yeah so um yeah i think there was just no rhyme or reason to a lot of stuff like you talked about like yeah the I'm like, am I not artistic enough? To understand <laughs> right. Like, I think no. of myself as an artistic little bitch, but there are some points I was like, am I not deep enough? Like, <laughs> what he's trying to do with some of these things that he's emphasizing, like with the mac and cheese shit. Right. And like, like at the end where he woke up and saw her outside and went out there and they just fucking soft. Like, am I missing something? Like, yeah, maybe I wasn't as deep as I thought I was, but I'm sure he's not as deep as he thinks he is. Well, well, let's put that out there. mm -hmm. So, first, let's talk about how it opened up 
yes. with Malcolm's uh, character, played by John David Washington. He played the fuck out of this crazy man. He did. <laughs> Malcolm's character complaining about the white LA Times critic um, and him basically having some qualms about issues that Black creatives have in this industry, right. which I think we talk about on the show all the time, which is why mm-hmm. we created. Um, but yeah, rub me the wrong way because I immediately knew that this was written and directed by a white man. So I was immediately thrown off. I'm like, why is this white man writing and having his characters speak about issues that black creators have when he doesn't even know what issues black creators have firsthand? Like he doesn't even mm-hmm. know what he's talking about. So I immediately was like, uh-uh. So I had to look it up because I was like, does he know that? Right. That- um, and then that was definitely a big criticism of the movie from a lot of other people. So other people said that as well. Why is this white man over here writing shit about black issues, but you don't even know about black issues, sir. Right. They were kind of like bringing them up, but also you don't know, like, mm-hmm. uh, and he did respond. Sam Levinson did respond. And he basically mm-hmm. said he has a writing partners and he said the na- their names are like Z and J or something like that, which sound like okay. so I they're black and he's saying mm-hmm. like that filmmaking and writing is super collaborative. And if he wrote something that wasn't authentic to these black characters, they would have said something to him and they would have corrected him. And um, but he ended up getting sole writing credit. So if that's the case, I'm mm. sure I'm sure that they had to help you because you're writing black yeah. characters besides the fact that they were black yeah. by bringing issues that they would have as black creatives right and so i'm sure these writing partners had to help you but sam levinson got sole writing credit so that's another mm. thing for me um and then he also said that the script was cleared by zendaya and john david washington and if they felt like something was off they would have said something so mm-hmm. um i trust them but also still like mm, kind of weird yeah. but um at least he addressed it and he was mm-hmm. aware and conscious that people were like feeling the same way that I felt about that whole situation. Yeah. But wondering why his partners didn't get writing credit, but whatever. Cause they mm. definitely um, make it authentic as possible since he has never been in the lens of a black creative, but mm. anyways, so that was the first thing that happened in the movie. It started with Malcolm rambling about this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, it actually happens. His points are valid, but um, so that was the first thing I thought immediately opening with opening up in the movie. Mm-hmm. Needed to be two hours of fucking fighting. And I was like, that mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Okay. And um, I felt like I was going crazy for sure. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was losing my, go- my goddamn mind. Yeah. I was yeah. like, I just leave. <laughs> Thank you. But I ain't gonna lie. I definitely have thought like that all night with somebody. Right. right. Going back or and just like letting it die down and then yeah. going again. <laughs> so I guess I can't talk shit. Yeah. Like, I mean, I think, yeah, this movie definitely portrayed that side pretty accurate, right? Like it portrayed this very tenacious, like down and dirty, no holes, bars, verbal attack like they went at it and they use the things that they know 
would hurt each other the most against each other. And I think a lot of people related to that because a lot of people, you know, depending on which relationship you're in, fight like that. You know, it goes, it's it's a knockout, drag out, like beyond just, right. It's just like, my God, like they both read each other for oh, the filth. Like, oh, I, oh my God. I was like, at some moments I was like, damn, damn. Like there were moments where I was just like, yeah. well, what you gonna say to that? Well, what the fuck you gonna say right. to that? Oh, okay. Y'all made up. Oh, never mind. Here we go. Here we go. We found something. It was like, you know, so in that way, a lot of people like felt like, okay, they did a good job of like really portraying that. Cause that's like you said, that is a reality that a lot of people have experienced, are experiencing. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's something that's, that's real. And I think the problem with this movie it's not that, you know, that was very realistic in that way. But I had like a couple of issues with the movie. One, it felt like it should have been a play because of all the monologues. Like they yeah. were very long. Like when we very look at, great. yeah, it's like the story and the pace. It's like, this feels too long. You know what I mean? Even though it's realistic in a lot of real life, but it's like for this, you could, we could have cut this rambling short right here. Like we could have just, please, we just, you're, you're done right here. Um, yeah, so I, it felt it, it felt like they needed to go back and edit some stuff out. Also, it needed for me, it needed more story, right? It needed more like like to me it was like so this movie was about y'all fighting all night with some very wonderful black and white cinema like like but I'm like but this, that that was it like you got it just felt like an opportunity lost because the character's backstories were actually very interesting, right? Like she was a recovering addict, right? She was very young. There's a huge age difference between them, which is like, okay, creepy, but whatever. Um, why not? We're all adults here. So she, she had recovered and him, her feeling like he used her story to kind of get ahead, right? And kind of feeling used that, you know, you use my sort of struggle to make this character come to life, right? And him like, okay, I worked hard on this. I've been trying to push this through, you know, he was very selfish. She was a very selfish character. I was like, oh, oh God, if, you know, that beard wasn't framing your face so well. I mean, that was the saving grace, honestly. But um, I was like, my God, (laughs) but yeah, (laughs) but it's like, there, like there, there needed to be more story than tonight. We fought, and that's we just kept going back and forth. Fought. You ate macaroni and cheese, and that's it, right? I was talking to my sister about this, and she was like, she made a great point. She was like, I would have rather seen the film that they were arguing about. <laughs> Where's that film? Oh, <laughs> but good. It sounded good. I was like, okay, let's see that. You know what I mean? So all of that, you know that. It, this didn't feel like there was much story. Like it could have been much more deeper than, you know, Malcolm having a rant about, you know, feeling politicized because he's a black man writing a black woman, you know, going through, you know, fighting for her sobriety. Right. It, it could, it felt like it was displaced. It fe- I mean, honestly, it felt like, honestly, it just felt like the, the, 
like one day the director was mad that somebody gave him a, a bad critique and he just had a temper tantrum over it. It's just like, I mean, one thing I did appreciate is that Marie was kind of like down, a little bit down to earth. Like she was just like, you making a movie, you don't think nobody's gonna say, you, nobody can say anything bad about it, really? Like, you're a filmmaker, people are gonna critique it. Like, get over yourself, you know what I mean? So in some moments I did appreciate that because she she checked his like, this ego, these big, I don't know, these big arguments that he was just having, you know, one with himself when he read the, the LA Times critic when it came in. And it's like, it was a good review and he exhausted all his energy just yelling and screaming and yelling and screaming. And in that moment, it was just like, is what's what was the point of that, right? It just felt like, a, a long ass ramble just for just for us to see John David Washington like over like unnecessarily act too long. Yeah, he can act very well, but like, was that what was the point of that? It it didn't seem substantive enough for me. For it didn't justify for that to be that that fucking long. It just didn't justify the story. Just wasn't justified by the ranting and raving and the horrendous things that they said to each other I was just like yeah I just need more story yeah it's a whole bunch of character development not enough story and plot yes Um, Yes. but you have these very beautifully layered characters which Malcolm could have been a little bit more layered instead of like one-dimensional ah nigga um (laughs) Marie was very beautifully layered I use some more layers with Malcolm. We got to learn that, you know, he came from a good family and mm-hmm. like that, but he could use some more layers, but it was a lot of character, not enough story. Yeah. Um, um, it definitely just felt like it was just a battle of wills. Like yes. power, who, who has the power in this scene? Who has the power in this scene? Which mm-hmm. when you're writing, that should always be in the back of your mind when you're right. writing with characters should always be thinking about okay like who has the power in this scene mm-hmm. um so i did like how he kind of did that yeah that was kind good then like i guess i i like that he was to kind of like make it a hot potato of, of power yeah <laughs> yep. of, between the scenes so mm-hmm. that was good i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. um what else yeah the tone mm-hmm. pace wasn't into it um mm-hmm. just dragged on but mm-hmm. i guess he did i guess that was the point he wanted it mm-hmm. to be a roller it definitely was definitely went up and down and mm-hmm. that's sometimes yeah, that's how it is when niggas be fighting yeah um <laughs> shit, especially if y'all trapped in the house so i guess i guess that was the point like i said i guess i'm mm-hmm. not artistic to understand <laughs> voices mm-hmm. but um yeah no I think I think you're spot on because even when you say like maybe I don't get it the problem is I think it was trying to be deep but it didn't have enough substance like it didn't have enough for it to be you know we needed to have that you know that New York film uh black and white but just two niggas to be yelling in a in a big ass house like there needs to be more more there and it felt it felt like it was trying too hard to be deep when it when it really was like I don't know like it was like 
y'all are in an abusive relationship and this isn't black and white that's what this is <laughs> like, exactly that's what this is um so and somebody's mad about a a critique from a la times you know reporter or critic which was good yeah like what's she mad about making <laughs> like, make making niggas look like we ain't never happy we are we are happy we are the happiest <laughs> um so it was interesting it was trying to be he was trying to be experimental mm. i don't think it was doing um but yeah i mean he made millions of dollars off this little movie having netflix acquire it so mm-hmm. wait i guess he <laughs> he got the monties so yeah. yeah i mean i guess it was a good display of just making some art and mm-hmm. saying whatever your voice is mm-hmm. that voice he loves trauma um mm, yeah and he loves trauma he loves addiction of let me not say crackheads <laughs> He loves putting Zendaya in roles of <laughs> a drug addicted person. Like she yeah. was a, a, a drug addict in Euphoria. She's a drug addict here. So mm-hmm. he loves roles. I wish he would put her in something else. Like why she yeah. got drugs all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's very reminiscent of what we saw from him in Euphoria. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, so he's definitely staying true to his voice, which we talked about the no better, do better, mm-hmm. and uh, he don't really give a fuck, I guess. So I guess he's yeah. just trying to this movie. Seemed very experimental to yeah. me. Mm-hmm. But definitely felt like an experiment. And um, who Chile? Like I said, never watching it again. Thank you. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, no, thank you. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll watch. So I can just look at John Dave Washington. There we go. Yeah, maybe just a couple stills of those black and white shots of, you know, his beautiful melanin skin on, you know, mm. in that frame. Yeah. It, he, I mean, yeah, he definitely looked good. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wish, because they are such big stars right now, I wish, I think it was an opportunity lost for their acting mm. skills, right? Like their acting skills could have been used in a, very different movie that could have accomplished, I think, what Sam, the director, wanted to accomplish. But I think it was too, quite frankly, it felt just like, I don't know, maybe it was just all the fighting, but it just felt like a shallow, abusive argument for two hours. Um, And maybe it wasn't that shallow, because I actually could see marie's point where it's just like if you're gonna use my life nigga just say thank you like shit like you you think the gaffer like money you took you the whole like you think the the mouse in the corner like but like hello hello hey hello, remember me like so i maybe it wouldn't have been an argument all night <laughs> but <laughs> you know like i didn't think it was i didn't think it was that shallow and also with her you know i thought she you know she took some really harsh digs although i did love it when uh after he said these like really vile things to her and then they went out for a smoke and she just played this dion warwick song which basically was like (laughs) get rid of him he'll break your heart (laughs) and i really appreciated that because like there were moments where he was playing like these old school songs in the background um like James Brown and, you know, other artists, I forget the other names, but it, I, even that, even the music that they chose made it feel like it was trying to be more important than like 
Oh my what god! It was? I was say that it was, was like okay, like, young ass girl listen to Dion Ward, and this nigga's only like thirty six. Like these people don't listen to this music like that. So you know, like, good god damn, you're gonna be putting on Megan The Stallion, seating <laughs> like you're gonna be talking the baby. Like stop, like. I don't know, nigga, pop, 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 bitch. Like, that's <laughs> like, I'm putting on Trina, like, I'm single again. Hey. I'm back <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like, I'm glad you mentioned that. Even the music made it seem very pretentious. Like, oh, I'm so deep. Like, let me put on this fucking, like, soul fucking song from the 70s. Like, ugh, I'm glad you mentioned that. The North. I'm so annoyed. Really? Okay. All right. So yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that both of them are at a place where they're kind of like, they are like, they are like, they are on the cusp of like, depending on where the career goes, they can be legendary actors in their own right. And they're both kind of right now, let, you know what I mean? And I just think their talent could have been used way, way better than this. And it could have been a fuller story. It could have been you know, it could have made more sense. I mean, with all the things to do in that big ass house, like she couldn't have to, she didn't have to cook him a craft fucking box of macaroni and cheese. And that be the main art. Like I cooked you this macaroni and cheese and like, you're just destroying me over. I'm like, first of all, most people don't really fucking do that. Like, I'm Niggas not- don't craft mac and cheese. Niggas don't eat that box shit. If anything, what y'all should have did was take out the leftovers that were in a fucking uh, aluminum foil tin. You cut it out because the cheese was fucking melted and shit. You put that in the uh, up like the microwave because that shit was baked. Who the fuck? Exactly. I have (laughs) a black person tear up Kraft mac and cheese out of the box like that. (laughs) They do like. First of all, why why your riding partners ain't let you know that's not authentic. (laughs) All right. And then it's okay. Okay, fine. Let's just say there's a whole cohort of black folks that make these out the box. Okay. Maybe I'm wrong. That's okay. I'm it's all right. Like maybe I'm wrong. But did we need the close-up of the like do we need these like really expensive ass zoom-ins of the powder going into the macaroni and cheese and her doing a monologue? Like (laughs) really? And that's that's how you do the opening cut over the macaroni and cheese. I thought it was going to be a whole more thing. It was like Malcolm and Marie over some fucking soupy ass macaroni and cheese. Really? Soupy ass. (laughs) I wish served me some soupy ass craft box mac and cheese. No, I don't want it. And I'm not going to tear it up. (laughs) He was eating that like it was hot days or some shit. I was like, but what do you eat? Like, it wasn't that good. Cheeks all full. I'm like, no. And then there was a whole argument centered around how he was enjoying the mac and like, uh, yeah. At least be smoking weed. We know you got the munchies. So it's like, it's the, that explains it. Like, okay, well. Be drunk because you just had a premiere and you got drunk there and you come home. I come home and eat random shit too. Right. Yeah. It's just like, what? Okay. So yeah, I <laughs> I was like, there could have been much more creative ways, even especially with the the COVID and, and the social distancing, they could have done so many things. They could have done so many things. Like it could have, it, she, like it just could have been so much more than all of that. Um, so yeah, I think it was an opportunity loss. It did have great 
it did have great cinematography. It was beautiful, even with the black and white, the lighting was really well done, you know, and it really honestly showcased how beautiful they are. Um, but, yeah. and they both can act their ass off. It was clear, but mm-hmm. um, hopefully, you know, I can't wait to see something just a little bit more substantive um, from both of them. And I hope they come together again. Um, different. Something different. Yeah. Because he's super charismatic and mm-hmm. um, I want to see him be charismatic. <laughs> Because in Black Klansman, I really liked his role there and the way he played that role. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. So, yeah, maybe that guys could do something different. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, totes agree. So, yeah. all of the things, that's how we feel about Malcolm and Marie. Yeah. Yeah. But y'all definitely watch it and y'all have your own. That's right. That's yeah, think, right. It's obviously a think piece, experimental type shit. So, Give it a whirl, friends. <laughs> yeah, give it a world or not. You know. Um, <laughs> you know, but yeah. Um, yeah, so with that, we'll be back with the uh, niggas you should know. Yeah. Hey, we back. Yes, we are back for our mm-hmm. last segment segment mm-hmm. and uh i'll start with my nigga you know mr john david washington okay wow. is obviously an actor and he used to be a back playing a little football so he played college football at morehouse okay shout out to morehouse signed mm-hmm. with the st louis rams as an undrafted free agent 20, 2006 and then he played for the sacramento mountain lions um shifted to an acting like his father, Denzel Washington. If you guys didn't know, he is Denzel Washington's son. His mother is Pauletta. He looks just like Pauletta, um, but sounds just like daddy. So dynamic. <laughs> I would I'd be like, Denzel! <laughs> um, yells like his daddy too, for sure. Okay. Um, so <laughs> um, his biggest role that you guys probably know him from, he was a part of the main cast of the HBO series Ballers which starred Mr. The Rock, mm-hmm. Mr. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his break the role came when he played Ron Stallworth in Spike Lee's Black Klansman, which he received a both Golden Globe and Screen Actors Guild Award nominations. Okay. Liked Black and, and liked him in that. And, and then in 2020, he starred in uh, The Tenet, which is Christopher Nolan's science fiction action thriller. So that, that was actually was, pretty I'm, cool. Yeah, I didn't see it. I know it's supposed to come out in theaters and then obviously COVID. So it got released a different way, but mm-hmm. um, I think that kind of messed up people getting to see it. Yes. Um, but it's most likely on Amazon or wherever you rent movies. Mm-hmm. It's definitely there. Um, but yeah, so he was just some of the other things. Then I didn't know he was in Malcolm X, which his daddy played Malcolm X in that movie. He played a little student in the classroom. <laughs> Um, and then he was in, uh, the old man, the gun monster, mm-hmm. monsters and men of beats and rhymes. He was a co-producer in the book of Eli, which his daddy mm-hmm. started. And movie. Probably he was in tenant, like we talked about, and then Malcolm and Marie. Mm-hmm. And he 
in Beckett as the main character Beckett, which is in post-production right now. And then he will be in an untitled David O. Russell film, which is filming right now. Mm-hmm. So the man is getting to the bag, mm-hmm. very talented, and he is making a name for himself uh, outside of, you know, his father, which mm-hmm. is cool. And like I said, he's fine as fuck, and I will always mention that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Like you said, it ain't nothing to, but the truth. Like Mary had a little lamb. It's just facts. Um, all right. The next nigga you should know. I'm sure you already know her, but just in case, if you did not, it is Zendaya Marie Stormier Coleman. I didn't know that was her full name because honestly, when you're a legend, you just go by one name, Zendaya. Um, she was born September 1st, 1996. So that means she is the ripe old age of 24. Go, go on and retire, sis. Just so fucking old. Um, she is an American actress, singer, and producer. Um, in 2013, um, she was a contestant on the uh, 16th season of the competition series Dancing with the Stars. Um, from 2015 to 2018, she produced and starred um, in as Casey Cooper in the sitcom, Casey Undercover. Um, her performance, of course, if you didn't know, as a teenage drug addict in HBO's uh, drama series, Euphoria, again, that was uh, where she collaborated with Sam Levinson, made her the youngest winner of the primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series. You better go ahead and do that. Make history, young lady. Um, her film roles include supporting parts in the musical drama, The Greatest Showman, that was in 2017. Um, and of course, the superhero film, uh, Superman Homecoming, that was in 2017. And again, the sequel, Superman Far From Home in 2019. Now, um, if you don't remember, because I did not, it, this wasn't really, you know, how I saw her growing up. I know her from the adult films that she is killing it in now. And when I mean adult films, I do not mean porn. I just mean the films that are out here now since she was in Disney. So yes, uh, Zendaya began her career in music um, by recording independently and releasing singles, Swag It Out and Watch Me in 2011, where she um, also collaborated, later collaborated with Bella Thorne. Um, So yeah, she was out here getting music deals, all of that. But now she is that bitch um, (laughs) making history, winning uh, Academy Awards at a young age. And, um, you know, she, she, she was, with um you know john david washington as we had discussed with malcolm and marie which well, we didn't you know didn't really like that much but that's okay because she's gonna continue to collect her bag she's still already done made history and she's gonna c- continue to continue to um make that so yeah zendaya uh she is that nigga you should know and yeah i continue to look forward to what she's going to put out it's gonna be it's gonna be dope so yeah, yeah. So she- those two beautiful black peoples yes. and it's to see what they do in the future That's and right. with that that is a wrap mm-hmm. another for the book our 60 mm. something so continue to support us yes um Instagram, facebook twitter whatever um and yeah like subscribe comment whatever the fuck uh leave ratings reviews all that yes. good stuff yes all of it for show. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, 
as we continue with Black History Month. We're going to come with another review for y'all next time. Um, yeah, but um, hit us up if you want us to review something. Maybe there's a script read you want us to do. Hit us up. Tinseltown Tea on all the things. Um, yeah, we appreciate y'all. And yeah, with that, goodbye. Good night. See y'all next time. Friends, bye. Bye.